Welcome to Beyond the Numbers, where Weaver professionals talk business and accounting. We'll explore a wide variety of topics from tax law and accounting standard changes to managing cyber, fraud, financial, and operational risks. What do these issues mean to your business? Join us as we go Beyond the Numbers to find out. Hey, Rob, how are you doing? Hey, Howard, what's going on? Uh, just trying to uh, warm up and make sure that uh, we don't have any any damage over here. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing the same and sort of digesting everything that's happened in the area, in the state, uh, and in the real estate industry over the last couple of wild days. It's been a wild ride. It has been it has been crazy. Um, you know, the once in a generation storm, which seemed to be happening more often than not. Um, kind of, you know, been reading a whole bunch about it. You know, being that it been holed up at home um, with you know damage to a lot of properties, others being relatively unscathed in a certain industry, which we can talk about. Um, people having their lives completely disrupted, both from a, you know, not being able to work or being stuck at home or not having power, um, not having water, uh, maybe even not having a house that they can live in right now. So it's just um, there's going to be some long-lasting repercussions from all this. Just trying to get everything cleaned up. Yeah, and I think as an as an industry, meaning a real estate industry, we're at a point, you and I have talked about this on some of our podcasts, I think we have to stop thinking that certain things are not going to happen or can't happen or unfathomable, because I think for two times in the last 12 months, the pandemic and now what we've experienced in Texas, I think we've proved that just about anything is possible. And I think, you know, for the next couple of minutes, what are your thoughts about um, how we prepare for the next unknown unknown what are some lessons that you know we took from the pandemic we know what some of those are but you know what do we think we're taking immediately from this experience that get redeployed to help us navigate and deal with the next crisis yeah i mean i, I agree with you it's just things that haven't just haven't been expected and are, are happening and will probably continue to be happening you know i read an article this morning actually about data centers and that for mm -hmm. the most part a lot of the data centers did quite well um, through the storm, which was actually a really good thing because that could have been very troubling if they didn't. But the article claimed that they pay, I want to say, $10 million a megawatt in terms of developing the data centers because of their batteries, their generators, their redundant systems. And the person in the article um, who they quoted basically said, I'm, I'll paraphrase here, basically said, we think about stuff that nobody else is thinking about. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think that's what we need to do is we need to start thinking more strategically, but thinking really outside the box and going, yeah. you know, what's the next thing that can happen? I've been in way too many discussions and something totally outside the box gets waved off as, well, something like that will never happen. And I think we need to start asking ourselves that question of, are you sure? Yeah. Well, to that point about redundancy, I look at these pictures and a lot of us have seen the videos and the photos of, you know, water pouring out of ceilings in homes, in apartment buildings and office buildings. That's that's very real. Um, the You might say, well, the cost of having a redundant system of engineering our construction differently, the, the costs outweigh the benefits. Well, I, I say I, I don't think you can afford not to have that redundancy, not to think differently not to force changes in perhaps codes and construction and architecture to accommodate these things and, and do what you said, just you know, prepare for the entirely unexpected. And you, you even get outside of architecture and just hard assets, 
what are some of the systems we need to put in place to protect our people, you know, our, our most precious asset, you know, whether it's our employees, our team members, or residents. Um, one of the things that I was particularly proud of that, that our firm that Weaver did this week was we had a, a system that we put in place to help our people check in. You know, there were numerous surveys that we sent out across the firm. And they weren't questions like, do you have work and can you access your email? It was, do you have power? Do you have heat? Do you have internet? Mm -hmm. Basic life safety systems. In other words, are you safe? Right. Um, I think companies and, and owners are going to need to implement systems like that just to help folks stay connected in, in a situation like this. And we can't rely on Teams and Zoom to do that sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And you know, what's, what's interesting is I got every time one of those messages came out, I got four of them. Yeah. Because I got one on my work email, I got one on my personal email, I got a text, and I got a phone call. Right. And so, you know, talk about redundant systems, but basically I was able to, you know, pretty much any way possible to, to reach our people, the firm, um, the firm system system did that. And um, fortunately, I know there's been a lot of people at the firm who have had some serious um, issues with their homes. I know mm-hmm. we lost a lot of work, um, but fortunately, I'm not aware of anybody, you know, being hurt or having any, you know, medical or personal injury issues as a result of all this. Um, which hopefully will continue to to stay true. And when you say lost a lot of work, we lost a lot of time that we could have spent working. Right, we'll still we, work because we got to get the work done. <laughs> right, right, the work is still there. We just have to we just have to do it uh, at a different time. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the same could apply for CRE and owners as well to you know check in on tenants. Um, you know, some other things that I think of that you know need to probably be inherent in a lot of systems is you know does this change. Um, I'll say, you know, some, some like water uh, maintenance systems in terms of, you know, are we checking for leaks appropriately? Are there additional sensors that are put in place on pipes? And, you know, not knowing how a lot of that can be deployed. Again, these are, I think, are just going to be changes to architecture and design that will probably become more important as we start to contemplate um, the unknown unknowns. Yeah. And, you know, and again, going back to the whole life safety thing, um, you know, making sure that the buildings are um, can be hab- habitated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I read we got a couple of emails that said even though our office is closed, the building was open. Right. And I, I we heard we had a meeting the other day where we think that maybe one or a few of our people actually were spending the nights um, in the office because it had heat and it had water um, and power. And so you you may end up seeing that whether if it's an office building or you know multifamily or you know even industrial to some extent maybe put to, you know, good use, so to speak, in a storm like this as being, you know, a place of refuge or warming station or something like that for, for people who, who can't stay at home. I think absolutely. A commercial building, an office building that has heat and has a lobby where you're not going to compromise tenant property certainly could turn into an impromptu warming station and a logistics site, a warehouse, um, any place with large space that has heat and power and water um, could serve that purpose. And, you know, that's probably a contingency plan that we're going to see some, you know, towns and municipalities plan for in concert with CRE owners. Mm -hmm. You know, I know we're going to have some limited time here, but one of the things I want to make sure that we do point out, because I have to bring tax into this at some point, is there is a deduction that is available for casualties and losses that are sustained. While the rules are many and complex, 
Um, definitely check with your tax advisor if you've sustained a loss, but uh, form 4684 is the form that's used to report casualties and losses. Um, you know, kind of some best practices are to make certain that, you know, you're documenting the loss that has been sustained, um, whether that be through uh, some sort of, um, you know, photograph, news clipping, things like that, um, to the extent that you can document what your adjusted basis is or your cost of the property that has been destroyed, that's going to be important information to retain. Um, I will say the fact, if there's any benefit to being in a federally declared disaster area, it makes the process of claiming a casualty loss deduction significantly easier. Um, there are some additional rules that you need to be mindful of in terms of reporting the amount of loss, specifically when that loss is reimbursed through insurance proceeds. So definitely consult your tax advisor on those issues. But point being, there is a deduction available to the extent that an unreimbursed casualty and loss is sustained. So definitely, you know, make that part of a checklist as folks unwind from this disaster. Makes sense. I think that's about all the time we've got for today. Thanks for taking some time online with me. I certainly appreciated seeing you after uh, not seeing you for a couple of days. Exactly. And Same we'll here. Be, and we'll be back with our regular podcasts uh, just as soon as we're up and running. Sounds great. Thanks, Rob. Great. Thanks. Take Howard. care. Bye. Bye. Bye.